In the heart of the state of the art, at the dawn of the next stage in entertainment, you found no proscenium. found no proscenium the voice of everything immersive i'm your host noah nelson and welcome to episode 387 this week we're joined by amy ashton and mia fiorella of la jolla playhouses without walls to talk about the upcoming festival in san diego this april 27th through 30th where we hope to see many of you you might recall that just a couple of episodes ago, we talked with David Israel Reynoso of Optica Moderna, whose work La Lucha is produced by La Jolla Playhouse and will be in previews during the festival. This interview is all about what else is going on and how it all comes together. But before we get into that, oh, there are so many announcements and you're going to want to stick around for them because there's some stuff you just might want to show up for. Those of you who get the newsletter for the Next Stage Immersive Summit, don't worry, I'll link it in the show notes, should be on the lookout for our next wave of speakers. In this batch, we've got some exciting names who... Ah, heck, let's just spoil it. We've got Brandon Oldenburg and Limbert Fabian of the Department of Wonder coming through. You remember them from the podcast. Terry Pettigrew-Wallop and Tommy Wallach of Hatch Escape Games. A little bit more about Hatch in a second. They're here in Los Angeles. Jonathan Burke and Adam Moody of the Ministry of Peculiarities. You probably also remember them from the podcast. Ben Enos of the Escape Game. They're the folks who have escape rooms all over the country. Uh, here, you can find it in Century City. Uh, uh, and Ari Tar and Debbie Deer, who are two XR artists who are representing a new program at York University in Toronto. They're joining folks like Wendy McKellen Anderson of Riot Games, the aforementioned David Israel Reynoso, Thomas Pintal of T Moment Factory, Michaela Ternaski Holland of Games for Change, who is presenting on a report that just got a write up in Variety, Jeff and Andy Crocker, and so many more. You'll just have to check out the website because I'm starting to feel silly listing names there there are there's a lot <laughs> all of it's happening here in los angeles june 2nd through 4th if you're looking to take your immersive career to the next stage then the next stage is where you need to be and you know what there's even more to come next week when we crack open the workshop lineup but that's not the only events we have to talk about or event no 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 it's meetup week next week here in la oh Oh, it really is. Coming this Monday, the 17th, our friends David and Lisa Spira from Room Escape Artists will be in town hosting a meetup at Hatch Escape Games. See, I told you, Hatch was coming back. Uh, that is also doubling as the launch event for Hatch's Mother of Frankenstein game. Tommy dropped off a copy this week, and it's enormous. Juliet, Todd, Anthony, Catherine, you're on notice. We need to play. And uh, it's going to be a great chance for escape game owners and enthusiasts alike to get together. I've been to REA meetups. They are a wonderful time. And uh, I think there's gonna there's usually a little uh, BTS action uh, during them. I hope I didn't just make a promise. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that's what happened in the last one. <laughs> I just make, I make assumptions. Uh, it's, it's a really great time. And uh, there's some amazing things in the Hatch building. So go check that out. Then on Thursday, the 20th, we, that is us, 
that is the Immersive Experience Institute, are co-hosting a crossover meetup with the themed Entertainment Association's Western Division at All Seasons Brewing in Mid-City. No matter what immersive discipline you are in, if you are a creator, this is a great chance to meet your counterparts in the themed entertainment business. This great opportunity is all thanks to the TEA's Brett Jackson, also known as the creator of Imaginaire Do Wells, which, yes, I'm guest judging later this month. Check the show notes for more. So much, so much is going on here in L.A., and there's more of it to come as this all comes roaring back as we head towards Summit and we just start raising the energy here of this business. Ah, I am getting excited talking about this. Like, that's I'm just not putting it on. I, 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 I'm into this. I'm feeling it. I really am. I don't play. <laughs> I, 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 I tap into my hype to do this part. It's just a performance. No, I'm thinking about it right now. And I'm like, dang, next week's going to be fun. And then there's wow. And then there's, then, then there's the summit. I mean, that's a huge amount of work for me. So I'm freaking out. But you know, like there's so much. I'm like realizing right now there's so much going on. Anyway, I also had a lot of cookies, so <laughs> finally, let's check in on the Patreon this week. Our latest backer is the one and only Toshi Hu, who I'm also glad to be able to call a friend. Thank you, Toshi, for leaping, uh, not leaping, for keeping the needle <laughs> moving in the right direction. I wrote leaping. <laughs> And so I said leaping. Remember, as little as $2 a month at patreon.com slash no I'm not retaking it. Not only powers the podcast and websites for no pro and everything immersive, it also gets you into our member only discord. If you're already a backer, drop a review on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice and share the articles you find useful on your social media platform of choice. They may be dying, but it still helps immensely. We are always no proscenium, except on Insta, where we are no underscore proscenium which is ironic because insta is now my favorite um as always big thanks to our sustaining backers samuel mustry chris woolman samantha davison eric shamlin elaine daryl john boulette jay bushman jerome joseph gentes tom leonetti mcguire winthorne ryan david bassick richard ayers lonnie hands on lecker lacool the ministry of peculiarities and jan budman and of as always, we're on the lookout for community partners who are up for working out special deals for our backers. Hit me up at noah at noprescinium.com for details. Um, yeah, that's that's the name of the game. And now, this week's interview. For years now, La Jolla Playhouse's Without Walls Festival in San Diego has been the most significant performing arts festival in the United States to focus on work that takes place outside of traditional theatrical venues. Key parts of the program embrace immersive and experiential works, and it makes it a destination for us every time it happens. This year sees the festival move to an annual schedule and will take place in and around the Rady Shell at Jacobs Park as part of a partnership with the San Diego Symphony who make that shell their home. Joining us now are Amy Ashton, festival producer, and Mia Fiorella, director of experiences and activations of La Jolla Playhouses Without Walls. Amy Mia, thank you both for being on the show and for dealing with me butcher the opening a few times in the original recording of this. Um, how is it going? Uh, tickets have been available to everyone for a bit. I is there anything left at this point? 
Yes, yes. Definitely <laughs> okay, good. Left. Um, hi, Noah. Um, <laughs> it's great to talk to you. Um, yes, we have uh, upwards of 25 different things going on throughout the course of the four day weekend. And there's only, I think, five or maybe six things that actually have hard reservations required. For the most part, we're taking reservations so we know who's going to show up when and, and to make sure that we're, we're taking care of those things. Um, and we're also very much aware um, this is our first time making everything free. In past years, these little handful of shows we would have charged for. Um, so we also know there's going to be attrition. There's going to be no shows. There's going to be late cancellations. Um, so we're hoping folks will show up ready to you know, do some wait lists or, you know, put-ins or seat filling. Um, there's going to be lots of opportunities to get folks into these experiences, the, the very small percentage that are um, uh, limited. But for the most part, the programming is free and open to all, and you can enjoy it even if you don't set up a reservation. Though we hope you will because it's helpful in, in figuring out your schedule and when you want to be where. Oh, yeah. And there's so much going on that figuring out your schedule is is a big part of the puzzle here. I've actually got my my Saturday schedule sitting right in front of me in note form. And it is it is packed, absolutely packed. Um, this year is different. Uh, everything is free, uh, I think, with the exception of, of one uh, element related, well, which, you know, we've talked about on the show before. Uh, that's La Lucha. Um how did how did this year's vision come together? Like this, there's so many different moves here. It's it's annual, it's free, it's it's at the shell this year. Um, what's the storyline here? Well, I think you know each year we're, when we're thinking about venues and partners and where to go, I think we're we're reinventing different parts of the festival each each time. And when Christopher Ashley, our artistic director, wanted to move the festival to every year, you know, I think Amy and I had been thinking about partners and the symphony, the Rady Shell had always been one of those um, partners that would be really fun and exciting for the Playhouse and for us because of its location. It sits right on the water and it is absolutely beautiful. If you just show up with a picnic and sit on the lawn and watch art happen around you, you will have an incredible time. Obviously, there's much more to take in than that, but at its simplest form, you could just show up in the morning, bring your family, and hang out for several hours and just enjoy art spring up you know, all around. And so it gave us an opportunity to look at that venue in a really new way and how we wanted to use the stage and the back of the stage and across the venue itself into Embarcadero Park South, which is where the basketball courts are and the lawn and how we orient people. So really still, you know, challenging that traditional relationship between artist and audience. In terms of moving it to free, you know, we've talked for many years about the festival being free and for various reasons of support and resources, we haven't been able to do that. And it's sort of a leap of faith to take it to an all free festival because we're still looking for those resources to support it long-term. But given the timing post COVID, everybody coming back into spaces together, still a little apprehensive at times about how they engage with people in new spaces, we wanted to make it as accessible as possible. We know through you know, our history of festivals that it attracts a high percentage of new theater goers, new artistic lovers. And so we want to continue that trend. And we thought moving everything to free instead of 
hybrid, half paid, half free, would give us an opportunity to see how it works. Are we continuing to increase attendance and increase those new audiences that we want to engage for years to come? Every time you guys do WOW, it is this really incredible and eclectic mix of artists. There's, there's, a, there's of course, a lot of artists coming from San Diego and Tijuana uh, who, who get pulled into the mix uh, on the huge. But there's also folks from far afield throughout the United States. And, you know, it's an international festival. What goes into, you know, drawing forth all of these different artists? it's it's quite a it's quite a process and and i wish it was i should could say it was scientific but it is very much a a work of a work of, of love and balance and we have multiple meetings with our internal programming team um the folks who work on programming our schedule our season as well as um, Mia and I do scouting all around the country and internationally um, to to get to see both the art that other folks are making, but also how other festivals. I think both Mia and I were really um, influenced by some time we spent in Europe over the summer, seeing how their festivals came together. Um, but in the end, we're just looking for balance. We're trying to find a little bit of something for everyone. Things that have really low low you know low bar of entry. Things that apply, you know, that are exciting for kids, but also like moving into programming in the evening that really, you know, you're going to want to, adults are going to want to go to with their friends and have a drink at the bar and, and dance and, and have a good time. And so it's, it's, um, it's a bit of a, a mishmash and like, you know, we kind of start with the things we know. We're like, that's it. That's wow. That's, that's, that belongs in the festival. And then we go from there and try to just fill in all of the time and the space we possibly can with the resources that we've got. This is the first year. I mean, you guys, you guys did a, a festival last year. Uh, and so this is one that moves it into the, the annual mode, but this is the first one that feels fully post COVID, even though, as I like to point out, like we're, you know, it ain't done with us necessarily, but in terms of where we are as a society, art has had enough time the live arts have had enough time to sort of react and start to find their identity and as i look through the the catalog here and i feel like now is when we're going to start picking through this um it's the first time that feels like the works are really metabolized that that the the shape of this thing is metabolized the shifts we've had as a society and and i wonder if that's something you're seeing as well is that something you you programmed towards and then from there, I guess we can start getting into some of the details of the shows. Well, um, I'll, I'll let Amy jump in on a, on a bunch of these, but just as an overall, I think um, the venue will dictate sort of sort of what we're thinking curatorially. You know, it, what how many indoor spaces are available to us, how many outdoor spaces are available to us, and how we think about the festival as a whole. Like Amy said, we are trying to find. Um, lots of different types of work between dance, music, puppetry, um, theater, and everything in between. So I, I think I think the, the venue often dictates programming. There are several projects that Amy and I fell in love with that were like, we can't do it this year at the Shell. But we think in the coming years and different venues that we're thinking about now, we can absolutely move them into another year. So the the festival going annually allows Amy and I to fall in love with a lot of things, even if they don't place perfectly in the year that we're planning for. 
Yeah, I mean, that's one of the excitements of site-specific work. And I think the more often that the site is in the driver's seat of the work and, and really either is informing directly or, or works hand-in-hand -hand with it, that's obviously a huge, a huge piece of um, the puzzle and for making the festival feel like it's running smoothly and that you're in the right place for the right things. Uh, we talk a lot about square pegs and round holes with because God love artists. I think everybody's always in a make it work kind of place. So it's about really trying to find the pieces and then talk about kind of, you know, obviously where we are right now and the shell is an incredible space. We've got a lot of music focus, which is unsurprising because it's a venue that was made to showcase some of the most amazing musicians in the world. Um, and so we're not, we're not ignoring that. And we are, we are um, the, the symphony, the members of the symphony will be there playing out off stage. Um, along with audience members um, in a piece called A Shared Space. Um, but we've also got uh, a local company, Blind Spot Collective, who really focused on the water aspect of the venue and did interviews with um, San Diegans about their relationship to the water and have created a really gorgeous, emotional, but also really lovely and fun piece that, um, that they're going to bring to life with some larger-than-life puppets called Salty Water. Um, so yeah, and like, you know, topical things. We've got a lot of conversations around um, around conservation and environmental efforts. I, I think being by the water kind of just reminds us all how important conservation is and how important it is to protect the beauty that we have. And San Diego is lousy with beautiful places um, to be. So that's can't complain too much about that. Um, but yeah, it's 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 an interesting. Well, then we do have a piece, you know, a piece that's directly informed by the lockdown that it took place. Um, Drive, which is written by Sharon Wheatley about her time um, unexpectedly living in an RV for three months, driving around the country uh, during 2020 when she didn't feel comfortable flying or hotels and things like that. So, so it's it's yeah about the balance, but um, really letting the site inspire and inform and and sing with us when we make these these uh, festival schedules. How do you strike the balance between this being a, a festival that takes place in San Diego and a festival that is a San Diego arts festival? Because I see that in the lineup. I see a lot of San Diego and the, the uniqueness of its position in the United States uh, being expressed to the programming. And, and there's also that, you know, the, the international layer to it all. So maybe if you could talk a little bit to, to, to that aspect of the programming. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, over, I mean, WOW started back in 2011 and has had a festival every other year as well as standalone projects. And I think we've always been interested in showcasing our local San Diego artistic community, but also showcasing local San Diego locations that people may not explore as often. And so activating spaces around the city has brought a lot of people into spaces that we hear years later, oh my God, I had no idea that was there. It was really fun to be there. And also working with our local artists to continuing to explore site-specific work and so that we create and we expand the field because we have so many talented artists here that want to work you know, immersive or site-specific, but we need to give them a platform. And so we develop quite a few world premiere projects that we hope stay in their repertoire after the festival, that they continue to develop this work, knowing that there is somewhere for it to go. And we hope to be part of that development whenever possible. 
And we do love the opportunity to create a um, an international community of artists during the festival. It's one of the beautiful byproducts of if you end up, you know, and getting to hang out backstage and, you know, everybody art inspires art. Artists are always inspired by each other's work. So one of the, one of my favorite things to do is just if I can get five minutes to sit in the green room when the artists from you know, Amsterdam are sitting down with the artists from Barrio Logan and they're talking about the differences in the way they work or the places, to, the best place to go get a bite after this or, oh, before you before you leave, make sure you check this out. And just the exchange of that, um, I think it's just, it, it only it only feeds for, a, makes for a better um, community for the artists that we uh, continue to work with here in San Diego and also the national and international profile of the festival of being able to have artists who know better about how to find the resources. One thing we've been working hard on is getting consulates and governments from other mm. countries because there is funding there. So we get more opportunity to expand uh, the programming uh, that comes in from outside of the U.S. Yeah, that's a great point um, Amy brings up because a lot of international artists are, it's, it's, we're having conversation with those artists about getting funding, being able to have funding within country to come to the U.S. There's a lot more artistic support there, whether it's for travel visas or even just shipping all, all, all different or touring that they have access to, which is allowing us to showcase more international artists. And like Amy said, I think being able to make the festival more of an international arts platform, I think it, it is lifts everybody up. And I think we'd love to eventually see some of the national and local work that we're helping to develop export internationally. And hopefully we can convince our government to support some of that um, exploration as well. And that's a real trick now, isn't it? I know, like, right? <laughs> right? Why not? We're dreaming. We dream every day, Noah. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and, and it's... And, 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 I'm not going to say and it's good to dream because that sounds like it's dismissive. It's just like, it is, it's yeah. definitely a, a hard, it's a hard road. And, and, and I always just find myself in, intensely jealous of the folks in other countries where the arts are supported. Um, but uh, I, I know we've talked behind the scenes about just like how, how difficult it can be to, to navigate all of that. And that's something I find, I find fascinating uh, because it, it, it really sort of teaches a lesson about, how our society views the arts like as as embodied in the law as embodied in 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 the government uh as just like oh and there's that thing that happens but you know it it, it remains outside of category right like no matter no matter how deep no matter how big no matter how international like an artwork is or, or the reach of an artist is um, the arts still remain this thing that doesn't mesh well with commerce and government regulations, um, and and I th- I can think of even like you know, one of the one of the acts that's in the, the festival this year, Brassroots District. Um, you know, one of the creative folks forces behind that is Ari Hurston, and Ari was a backer of the show for a long time, and he was part of the fight over the when the uh, the, all the gig work laws came down and what that did to musicians. And then Ari turned himself into like an expert on like musician labor law. You know, I mean, he was already like an expert on like the music business, but he like dove into that just to sort of make it more possible for gig musicians to like continue to piece together the livelihoods that they had pieced together. Um, 
that's that's a bit of a tangent, but also a way of noting that Brassroots District is going to be there. <laughs> yes, we're so excited to have them and all of their musicians with us. Uh, but it is, I mean, it's 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 so difficult to when talking sometimes into the drier world of things, how how to translate art and artists' needs or the you know what 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 are the ways that commerce and art can actually work with each other and something you see in these European towns is that there there's a sense of ownership amongst the people because the government funds it and they and mm. they recognize that then that means that it's theirs and it's theirs to attend and it's theirs to to and that doesn't mean that everything is for them to only enjoy but it is something it's just it, it feeds a different a different kind of mentality around the arts that um, I would love to figure out a way to cultivate as much as I can from my very little corner of this world well does, yeah, does the festival being free it, oh go for it no oh I was just going to add that we've been really lucky because the San Diego Symphony and all of the downtown cultural arts partners as well as the San Diego downtown partnership everybody's interested and wow comes up a lot in all of these conversations about activating the downtown spaces and and how we can bring commerce and art together and make it accessible to bring people into spaces I mean commerce really can't happen right unless people right. gather and are having fun and are, and are relaxed and um, and and are then willing to kind of explore different different areas. So I think Amy and I are really interested as we grow this program is how do we work with city, um, national governments to have this exploration of space activation and where artists and commerce and all of that can work together. But, you know, it needs a lot of support and time to yeah. develop. And that's what we are continuously reminding people. Well, and I got to imagine that having the the tickets be free this year, the reservations be free this year, and for for the for everything, and and for having uh, you know, some work that like doesn't really truly need it, that helps with that sense of ownership in the community of 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 San Diego feeling like this is this is theirs, you know, San Diegans being like, oh, I, this is something I can do. It doesn't ask anything of me but to be there and experience it, and that 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 helps with that virtuous circle kind of coming around. It, it, it reminds me, I was listening to marketplace this week, the week that this was being recorded. And there was a, there was a piece about how um, like restaurants and bars in Boston are starting to kind of come back up that like the restaurant industry, the hospitality industry is seeing resurgence. A lot of jobs are flooding back into that. But one of the components of it is it's, it's shifting away from being uh, about servicing office workers in downtown, uh, giving, getting them breakfast and lunch. And it's starting to turn into more about nightlife. Some of these places like food halls are grabbing their entertainment license because they need to lure people in. There needs to be foot traffic. And I, and I, like you were just talking about, like for commerce to exist, there needs to be people there. Uh, there, there needs to be people coming through. There needs to be something to attract them. And it, and it feels like we're at this point where, the possibility space is opening up for the arts if if we can just see some of that shared need, right? Artists need an audience um, and, and so do the people trying to sell them food. I don't know. Uh, it comes to a very <laughs> basic level, right? Um, um, what... But before before I let you all go, because uh, yeah, you gotta you gotta hop off in a minute here. What are some of the things that folks who are maybe gonna drop down for the day from LA for those who are, are just doing that? Although I encourage folks, hopefully a lot of people 
notice the articles we already put out and 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 whatnot uh, and made the reservations. I got a feeling a lot of no pro readers did that. But for those who may be tuning in late, as it were, uh, what are some things that they should they should uh, point their compass towards and check out? Amy, I would love to start with just the kickoff because I'm really excited about this year's kickoff um, of the festival on Thursday night because we are embracing um, something that brings a lot of people together as we talk about you know things that bring people together. There's a sunset yoga that will start the festival and then puppets, our Birdman puppets will then enter the space, which will lead us into a composer, DJ King Brit, who is an incredible artist and producer, who also is an educator at UCSD, who's going to transform the Shell stage into a 90s electronic club. And then that will, f- you know, fold into silent disco, which will be um, the DJs from the, the university student DJs are going to dig into their vinyl collection to, to spin records and, and close us out that first evening. So if there's a day in the week to, to come down and really get a feel for a lot of different things, Thursday evening is one um, exciting opportunity. And I'll kick it over to Amy for some others. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Thursday's going to be a party. I'm so excited. Um, I think there's actually uh, I, one of our local groups, uh, Tuyo, uh, theater company is going to be creating a um, a may a uh, a maze is the wrong word but it's it's a structure uh, an outdoor structure made out of um, murals that is inspired by uh, the story of one of San Diego's most beloved restaurants and also just the people in the end of in the folks that draws from Aztec lore and all sorts of um, incredible local stories. Um, it's called Las Cuatro Milpas. Um, and that's a, it's a piece. It's, it's um, If you bring your cell phone, your smartphone with your headphones, um, you can interact with it uh, at any time. You don't need a ticket. There's no timed entry. You'll be able to, to show up and experience it. It's going to come with some really awesome um, local San Diego treats and and ways to kind of tune in with, with that world of things. Um, I'd also say we're really excited to be bringing, finally, we had to cancel last minute um, a piece from France. Uh, the company's called Galmet. The piece is called It's Not That Way, It's This Way. And it's a um, a large string installation that will be, um, uh, the audience will be key in the uh, D installation of the, the mm. strings. And then um, it becomes a it becomes a community act uh, together that is led by this by this company. Uh, we were devastated when the visas got delayed last year, and we had to cancel it literally the week of. <laughs> we were just waiting for every second, and so they have their 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 passports, their visas are stamped, they are booked, their planes are booked. We are thrilled that that'll be that one will be coming through, um, and 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 it's one of those pieces that you can rock up on and, and experience. Um, for a pretty large crowd um and yeah and just i mean we're gonna have we're gonna have this big lawn open as i mentioned with the freeness of the festival if there's something that you're desperate to get into keep an eye on the website we're trying our our darndest to to get people to either release tickets they're not going to use or to put more more available on the website and then day of we're gonna be figuring out the best ways to make sure that everything when it launches is as full as possible. So uh, there, again, we'll be, we'll be um, having signs in front of house folks around to say like, okay, if you're interested, come stand right here. And as soon as we know, because if you book tickets, make sure you're on time 
we can't hold any we can't hold any reservations for anybody we're gonna have to try to we're gonna be getting as many people in to keep all of the um performances full and experiences as uh, artistically satisfying as possible that is a very good bit of advice for everyone don't be late for real Don't this time. <laughs> yeah. And oh, and yeah. make sure you bring your smartphone, obviously, as I mentioned, but also bring a charger if you can, a portable charger, because um, there are a four or five pieces that um, you can engage with with your with your smartphone. So you're gonna want to have a nice full charge uh, throughout the day. All right, fantastic advice. I know I gotta let you all go. Thank you both for hopping on the show this week. I hope that many, many, many of the people who are listening are going to be swinging on down uh, or emerging from their homes in San Diego. Because we've got a lot of San Diego listeners. We've been to WOW enough at this point. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, I will, I will see you two uh, myself in not too long. So excited. Thank you so much, Noah. Thanks, Noah. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Once again, I want to thank Amy and Mia for being our guests on the show this week. Check the show notes. Check out WOW. If you're there on Saturday and you see me, say hi. Uh, If you can't identify me by sight, just listen for my voice. (laughs) I want to talk like this the entire weekend. No, um... I'm tired, y'all. I'm tired because we're about seven weeks out from Summit, and uh, I get the loopies about here, and there's... So much still to announce. All the workshop folks are announcing next week. Uh, there's some more salons. Folks in salons are announcing. There's a couple of folks who are, who are waiting to find out about some travel stuff. It's getting really exciting. Um, there's there's a great mix. Uh, we've We've got... XR folks, we've got immersive gaming folks, we've got theater folks, we've got experiential marketing folks. Uh, they're they're all here. They're all coming. Location based entertainment. It's what we do. Um, it's 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 been such a difficult road because you know what's happened the last couple of times, or some of you know what's happened the last couple of times, is that we had this all set up in 2020, and the pandemic started like. Like the lockdown came 10 days before we went and then we all had it set for 2021 and Omicron hit and we got a few days closer, uh, but it was almost in the same amount of window and it broke our hearts and, and it nearly stopped me. It nearly stopped me from trying ever again. Um, and we've adapted and we've modded and we've changed things up and we've, we've had to, you know, compact some things for this time mostly because we want to make sure that we can just get this out the door at long last. And we're so grateful for our friends at Arizona State University for giving us, giving us the California Center here in downtown Los Angeles. I know some people hear me say Arizona State University is like, oh, they're in Tempe. They're going to be in Mesa. It's like, no, we're going to be in L.A. because ASU is in L.A. Uh, that's that's the way the world works. Um, so grateful that they hooked us up with this and so grateful for everyone who's just believed in us over the years because um, we are a weird nonprofit group who definitely punch above their weight so much of the time. Um, And we do that because of the goodwill of the folks in this community. And, you know, we're always trying our best, (laughs) doing our best and 
pushing ourselves past the limit, which is exactly what so many of you do in the creative community, uh, making something out of nothing, uh, taking the impossible, uh, and, and you inspire us with what you managed to pull off. And if what we can do is half as good as what y'all managed to do, we'll be very happy with that. Uh, and also I want to give a quick shout out to my friends at Immersive Denver and The Dig, uh, because getting a chance to just get my own feet wet again uh, and get my hands dirty, uh, helping put that one together, uh, really gave me uh, the adrenaline shot that I needed for this. <laughs> of course, I then a couple of weeks later turned around and got COVID and had a bunch of other stuff go wrong. So the adrenaline shot wore off and now I'm just back to, to, to pushing through on the general ennui. But when I looked at what's happening right now, when I look at uh, the meetup we're having with the TA next week, the, the fact that David and Lisa are in town and doing escape room meetup, that we've got wow happening here in the Southland, that there's going to be more meetups in New York soon, that there's just all this work, you know, like the immersive experience network in London, our friends over there doing that. There's just still this groundswell, this, this passion, this hope. I was talking with someone in Estonia earlier today, Estonia. They're from Detroit, but they're in Estonia and they're working with some incredible creators who have been on the show and they're working out of Estonia. It's just, it's wild. It's woolly. It's wonderful. And in so many ways, it's all thanks to all of you. So thank you for that. And I really do hope that I see a lot of you at WOW and another big grip of you at the next stage. So uh, it's going to be a good time, y'all. They're both going to be really good times. So come on through. All right. Huh. Let's do the credits. The associate producer of No Persinium is Parker Sella. Music for No Persinium is by Chris Porter of the Speakeasy Society and Solar the Podcast. Special thanks to Shavana Lachlan for voicing our intro. This podcast is written, edited, I know they said directed, hosted, produced, messed up, malapropped, and put out onto the internet by yours truly. I'm Noah Nelson. And until next time, I will see you at the show. <laughs> <laughs>